Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present and has currently reached the reign of Charlemagne. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the History of Egypt podcast, episode 138, The Lost Women of Amana. This is a short little episode about some of the royal ladies who lived during the time of Akhenaten and Nefertiti. The Amana period is famous for its women, influential ladies who held power at the court and within the regime. But towards the end of Akhenaten's reign and following his death, many of these women disappeared from history. As we wrap up the reigns of Akhenaten and Nefertiti, I thought we should give these women their due and consider what might have happened to them. This episode is supported by Maycost, Pernil, and Logan, who joined the Patreon as hereditary nobles. Thank you so much for your generous support. With your kindness, I can make offerings to Aten and Amun that the two greatest gods will bless your names and grant you a long legacy. To everyone listening, thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoy the story. By the time Akhenaten died, the Egyptian court had two women with supreme political power. Besides the queen Nefertiti, the most noteworthy is the king's eldest daughter. Merit Aten, princess of Egypt, is a famous figure who played a pivotal role in some of the political events at this time. We have met Merit Aten before in recent episodes. We explored her palace at the city of Amana, and we discussed her marriage to the elusive figure of Smenkkare. Since then, Merit Aten has been in the background. We do not know much about what she was doing or what happened to her after the death of her father. This is relatively normal. Whenever a pharaoh died, the princesses he had born tended to disappear. The next generation would come to power and start producing their own children, and in those cases, the new princesses would replace the old ones. 
So it's not surprising that Merit Aten kind of vanishes after her father dies. Her political significance was rapidly dwindling, and artistically, she no longer had a major role. That being said, Merit Aten could have been influential behind the scenes. We have already met the young prince Tut Ankh Aten, who was born late in Akhenaten's reign and might be the king's son. Merit Aten's relationship to Tutankhaten is uncertain. She could be his full-blood sister, or his half-sister, or his cousin. We simply do not know right now. One possibility is that Merit Aten acted as the wet nurse for Tutankhaten. In the 1990s, a tomb came to light in the necropolis of Saqqara. The Saqqara necropolis has several tombs from the late 18th dynasty, particularly the reign of Tutankhamun. One of these tombs belonged to a woman named Maya, who acted as Tutankhamun's wet nurse, or Menat. This was the woman who breastfed and nourished the king, who sustained his life during his early years. The tomb of Maya bears images of this woman. We see her sitting on a chair while the young Tutankhamun sits on her knee. The wet nurse holds a hand up to the face of the young king, honouring him or imparting some kind of blessing. This is a relatively unusual pose. We don't often see a king sitting on someone's lap unless it is a goddess. In this sense, Maya is sitting in the pose of a goddess like Hathor or Isis. She is caring for the young ruler and giving him his livelihood. It's a prominent position, and the artistic scene is quite significant in a historical sense. What's important about this, though, is the name. The name of Maya, the wet nurse of Tutankhamun, might be an alternate version of Merit Aten. In a previous episode, we saw a letter from the king of Babylon that referred to the princess Mayati. This was a reference to the princess Merit Aten, and it seems like it might be the real pronunciation of her name. If Merit Aten was alive during the reign of Tutankhamun, she might have dropped the Aten part of her name. In this case, the pronunciation of her name might have changed from Mayati simply to Maya. In this scenario, it is possible that the wet nurse of Tutankhamun and the princess of Amana, daughter of Akhenaten, are the same individual. There is also some circumstantial evidence that this might be the case. The images of Maya in her tomb bear a passing resemblance to images of Merit Aten from tombs and temple scenes at the city of Amana. That is quite subjective. The artistic style of the time tends to emphasize certain features like almond-shaped eyes, short noses, and slightly elongated chins. So comparing two different artistic scenes and figuring out if they are the same individual is tricky so we can't use that as firm evidence. Additionally, although Merit Aten's name might have been pronounced Mayati, the hieroglyphic spelling was still Merit Aten. So Merit Aten and Maya are spelled in different ways. If the two women are the same person, we have to explain that. The idea that Merit Aten transitioned to being a wet nurse and caretaker for the young Tutankh Aten is reasonably possible. 
We do not have any confirmation yet, but it is definitely something that might have happened. For now, we will leave it as a maybe. But before I go, I should give a shout out to Anand Balaji, who brought this idea to my attention. Thanks, Anand. The second prominent woman of Akhenaten's court is Kia. Kia, the Chemet Nesut, or king's wife, was a favoured consort of the great king during the early part of his reign. Kia enjoyed a privileged position at the city of Amana. She had her own temple-slash-pleasure resort called the Maru Aten, and references to Kia in the city itself suggest that she enjoyed a lot of status. Fair enough, she was Akhenaten's second wife. But Kia vanishes roughly around year 12 to 16 of Akhenaten. Images of the queen dry up, and references to her in text also vanish. Likewise, around this time, the monuments that belonged to Kia, the Maru Aten specifically, were taken away and given to someone else. Hieroglyphic texts from the Maru Aten show that the names of Kia were chiseled away and replaced with none other than Merit Aten. In other words, sometime late in Akhenaten's reign, the king's wife Kia lost some of her status and prestige. We are not sure what happened. It's possible that she died, and Merit Aten replaced her as the second most important woman of the court. Alternatively, Kia may have fallen from Akhenaten's favour. Perhaps she was exiled from the court, or discharged in some other circumstance. We really do not know. What we do know is that Kia's names and images were replaced by Merit Aten in monuments, and artefacts from this time seem to have been repurposed. A couple of objects from the tomb KV-55 seem to originally have belonged to Kia. The canopic jars in that tomb, and possibly the coffin as well, belonged to Kia originally, but later they were modified to suit another owner. We covered this in a previous episode, but long story short, funerary objects for Kia might have been reused by someone else around the time that she disappeared. So, Kia was in an interesting position. She enjoyed a period of favour and prestige as Akhenaten's second wife. But at some point, she lost favour or died, and she was replaced in the official hierarchy of the reign. We still do not know what happened to Kia. The safest bet is that she died, and with her passing, the power vacuum that resulted was filled by Merit Aten. Whatever happened, her burial equipment was apparently borrowed or reused for someone else. That might suggest that she lost favour rather than dying. Taking someone's burial equipment, denying them the proper tools, seems like a harsh thing to do if that person is still in your good graces. If Kia had lost influence, then repurposing her funerary goods might seem more reasonable. It's hard to say, and for now, I do not have an answer. So, Merit Aten retired or transitioned to a new role. Kia fell out of favour or died. 
both of these women kind of disappear towards the end of Akhenaten's reign. But the third example is two women who appear for the first time. Late in the reign of Akhenaten, artistic scenes show up referencing two new daughters. These are called the Ta-Sherit children. A pair of young girls named Merit Aten Tasherit and Ankesen Pa Aten Tasherit show up at the end of Akhenaten's reign. Their names are quite simple. The first part, Merit Aten and Ankesen Pa Aten, refer to two of the king's elder daughters. The Tasherit part is interesting because it essentially means the younger. In other words, we have Merit Aten, the younger, and Ankesen Pa Aten, the younger. These daughters show up on blocks recovered from the town of Ashmunain. They seem to depict a scene related to the royal family, but historians are still unsure what to make of these two young children. Merit Aten Tasherit and Ankesen Pa Aten Tasherit are referred to as king's daughters but it's not exactly clear which king they belong to. Various studies have proposed that these two daughters might be younger children of Akhenaten. The mother is a bit of a mystery. Some scholars suggest that the names Merit Aten Tasherit and Ankesen Pa Aten Tasherit might refer to the girls' mothers. In other words, some people wonder if Akhenaten fathered two new daughters with two of his pre-existing daughters. This would be a rare case where royal incest could be definitively proved. Unfortunately, those scholars tend to exaggerate how much we actually know about the Tasherites. The texts that survive refer to them as king's daughters, but they do not make it clear which king they are the children of. Likewise, a couple of fragmentary texts seem to indicate that the girl's mother is actually Nefertiti. Again, this is all quite uncertain, and future research might provide new answers. But at the moment, the idea that the Tasherit children are incestuous daughters of Akhenaten is difficult to substantiate at best. At worst, it is a gross misrepresentation of the evidence. If these girls are children of Merit Aten and Ankesen Pa Aten, then they must have been born quite late. Merit Aten was born somewhere around year 3 of Akhenaten, and Ankesen Pa Aten was born around years 5, 6, or even 7. In other words, both girls would only have reached childbearing age in the very last years of Akhenaten, or even later in the case of Ankesen Pa'aten. That makes it extremely unlikely that they are Akhenaten's children. More likely, they would be the children of Smenk Kaure, that elusive male who shows up briefly late in Akhenaten's reign. Alternatively, they may be children from Nefertiti, fathered by Akhenaten in a sort of last gasp, if you will. The third interpretation for these children is that they did not actually exist. Egyptologist Mark Gabold, who studied these girls in detail, concluded that there's a reasonably good chance they are a political or artistic fiction. The girls only appear in a couple of small scenes that are fragmentary, 
and these scenes originally belonged to someone else, the king's wife, Kia. In that case, it's possible that the Tasherit daughters only exist as a way of filling a gap in a pre-existing scene. The images were recarved, and in order to fill in the space, they might have been added later. Aidan Dodson follows this argument in his own studies, and it is one that might explain where these children come from. They are an invention. That seems a little bit strange, and I'm not entirely sure I buy it, but it's worth considering. Popular writers have made a big deal of these Tasherit children, but when you drill down to it, we actually know very little about who they are, where they came from, or if they even existed. So the younger princesses might be real, they might be fictional. If they are real, they are probably the children of Nefertiti, or maybe Merit Aten. They might be daughters of Akhenaten, or of Smenkkare. Bearing in mind the problems with this evidence, and how these girls fit in chronologically, it is hard to say whether the Tasherit daughters ever actually existed. If they did, their parents are still a question mark. Of course, there were other women who were prominent at the court of Akhenaten. The most significant is the king's third daughter, the princess Ankh Esen Pa'aten. We will meet Ankh Esen Pa'aten next episode. She is going to carry on in a major political role when, following the death of Nefertiti, the young prince Tutankhaten becomes king. Ankesen Pa'aten would marry Tutankhaten and become the new queen of Egypt. In history, she is better known as Ankesen Amun. These are the lost women of the late Amarna period. The eldest daughter, Merit Aten, disappears from the historical records. The Lady Kia does the same. And in the last years of Akhenaten, the strange younger princesses are an enigma. Possibly real, possibly fiction. Either way, all of these women vanish at the end of Akhenaten's rule. What happened to them is still a mystery. We now come to the end of today's episode. The podcast will return in two weeks when we begin the reign of King Tutankhaten, better known as Tutankhamun. It is a chapter that many people have been anticipating. Now, we finally begin. The rule of the boy king and the lesser known aspects of his life. That is in two weeks. See you soon. The History of Egypt podcast is a member of the Agora Podcast Network. If you are enjoying the show and would like to see more from my colleagues, visit agorapodcastnetwork.com. Also, check out the French History Podcast wherever you get your shows. Hi everyone, this is Scott. If you want to learn about the world's oldest civilizations, find out how they were rediscovered 
follow the story of Mark Antony and Cleopatra's descendants over ten generations, or take a deep dive into the Iron Age or the Hellenistic era, then check out the Ancient World Podcast. Available on all podcasting platforms, or go to ancientworldpodcast.com. That's the Ancient World Podcast.